Welcome back to Notice That, an EMDR podcast where two licensed professional counselors and approved EMDR consultants discuss the latest research and resources for trauma treatment and EMDR therapy. Hey guys, we just want to take a moment here to say thank you again to all of our Patreon members. Over the last few months, we have had several new people join some level of our Patreon program, which we are so grateful for. This really helps to support what we're doing and give us the resources we need to continue to find guests and have new resources and material available to you all. So thank you to those who have joined us. I want to give a shout out to several people here. So just kind of bear with me with these list of names, um, but we are just really grateful for each and every one of you. We have Maureen from Pennsylvania, Elaine from Ireland, which is really exciting to hear that we have a listener in Ireland, Erin from New Jersey, Carter from Virginia, Stephanie, who also joined Angela from Missouri, Lori from Tennessee, Anna from North Carolina, Patricia and Julia, who we don't have locations for, but thank you to you guys as well. Brittany from New Mexico, Heidi from New Jersey, Katie, we also don't have a location, Andrea and Susan from Kansas, Lisa from Hawaii, Erin from Illinois, and Beth from Washington. All of these people are new Patreon members over the last couple of months. Uh, I just can't say enough about how exciting it is that we have people spanning across the country, but also in different parts of the world, listening in and supporting what we do. So those of you who want to know more about our Patreon and what we have to offer, please feel free to check it out. We've got a lot of uh, bonus episodes, consultation calls, book reviews, um, several other things out there available to you. So we would love for you to check in and see what we've got. Hello, and welcome back to Notice That, an EMDR podcast. Today, our episode is really focused on all of the contributors to the field of EMDR therapy. Um, Actually, I'll I'll correct myself. It won't be all of them. There are so (laughs) many uh, that we wouldn't have time to mention. Ones we decided to talk about today. Yes, (laughs) a few that we felt were really critical in our development as EMDR therapists. Mm -hmm. Um, And maybe we'll get another episode to talk on other ones. But wanted to dive into some of those. And our hope is that from this episode, you'll be able to take away Um, just kind of an an honor and respect for how the field has developed and those who have really contributed to that development and maybe be able to seek out some additional trainings or books that could be pivotal in your development as an EMDR therapist. Mm -hmm. Before we dive into that, we do want to mention our um, other podcast that we have, which is Beyond Trauma Podcast. And this is something that we started a few months ago and has just been a really special project for us looking at how do we get this material out to people other than therapists. So notice Mm -hmm. that is a great way to reach people who have been trained in EMDR therapy, but how do we start educating potential clients or family members of clients Mm -hmm. um, or just anyone interested on what is trauma, what is therapy that comes from a trauma-informed perspective? So we have started that. We have about six episodes out that really just start laying the groundwork and foundation, and we're going to continue to build on that to talk more and more about trauma, trauma in the brain, the nervous system, all of that, but delivering it in a packaging that's very 
um, digestible to clients or potential mm-hmm. clients. So what we would love is you guys would listen in on that and consider recommending it to your clients and seeing if you think it would be helpful for them as kind of an adjunct to the therapeutic services that you provide mm-hmm. um, in, the, in the work that they're doing with you. Yeah. You guys have anything you want to add on that podcast? It's I've loved been... getting to, to do the podcast and I've had multiple clients that have found it helpful um, just in normalizing the mm-hmm. kind of journey of therapy, but also just, you know, getting to hear, uh, since they are my clients, like mm-hmm. getting to hear our voices <laughs> and, and us talk about it, um, has been really fun. So I, I do wish that more people could listen to it. And I'm excited to know that, you know, we are actively kind of advertising it and getting mm-hmm. it out to people that, uh, need help. And Mm -hmm. so it's a great resource for that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think the other way that it connects is, you know, a lot of you guys that are our listeners have recommend clients to come and do a retreat or intensive with with us, which thank you very much, by the way. We love doing those, Um, especially with clients that have already been doing EMDR with Mm -hmm. another therapist and giving them that to kind of help them get introduced to this is the model that we use and this is the way that we approach therapy has been really helpful as people come in to do those retreats and intensives with us. So yeah, it's mm-hmm. a great point. So back into our episode, um, I had kind of a list of trainings or, or therapist experts in the EMDR field that I wanted to talk on. And we all just kind of brought some names together. Mm-hmm. Um, the first one that I wanted to mention is Ricky Greenwald. And he is EMDR therapist, trainer. He's got an entire business um, around providing EMDR therapy. And one of the really incredible things that he has been a leader in the field of is doing intensives, the mm-hmm. intensive work, intensive therapy with EMDR. So he has created an incredible model around intensives with EMDR and has an entire practice built around that. Mm -hmm. So I had the opportunity of sitting in on one of his trainings at the conference, the Andrea conference a few years ago, and um, that material was pretty pivotal to our Mm -hmm. development in the retreats that we do. Mm -hmm. I think it actually kind of started the conversation like, hey could we do this? Yes. And it was prior to that, Melissa, you and I were dabbling in what's it like to have our clients get a massage um, right right after or yeah, yeah, yeah. right before, or what would it be like if they worked with a trauma informed yoga therapist? What what, what kind of, how could all that work together? Yes. So then we sat in on that and the way he laid it out and it was really cool. He dove not only into the model, but the financial side of Mm -hmm. it and Mm -hmm. insurance and some of the like logistical pieces that was like, oh, people are doing that. Like in your guys' development, I'm wondering how it shifted things. Because I know from moving from an individual, you know, uh, you know, classic 50 or 90 Mm -hmm. minute session Mm -hmm. to the idea of doing like consecutive days of, you know, three hours in the morning, three hours in the night. Yeah. <laughs> right. What was that process like to dream of that in Springfield? Well, it was, it, there was some initial sort of concern of like, are people really going to go for yeah. this? Like yes. if I say, Hey, do you want to sit for three yeah. to five you, days? Yeah. Right. And <laughs> yeah. Uh, overwhelmingly the answer was, yeah, I Absolutely. do. <laughs> I would love that. Yeah. And now for, for clients that have had those extended sessions, it's almost hard for them to go back to just a one hour session. Um, it's such a luxury to Mm. just have, you know, the space to spread out and go deep. And, 
um, spend as much time as you need to. And so even clients that, you know, maybe they did a retreat, but after that, they're like, could we keep doing this? Mm -hmm. You know, the 90 minute sessions, the two hour sessions. I'm like, well, within the constraints in my calendar. Yes. Yes. Yeah. 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 Uh And really this like COVID and quarantine shifted my practice a little bit away from intensives and retreats and more trying to almost primarily we were doing that exclusively yeah Yeah. and so it's been much more like fitting within that 60 to 90 minute Mm -hmm. sessions and i've had clients multiple times say like i miss our intensives Mm -hmm. like the level of connection that can be experienced when you have multiple hours for your defenses to settle Mm -hmm. and your nervous system to kind of like ease into usually you've like blocked out half the day or the whole day right like this is what i'm doing this day is dedicated to my healing and i think it's such a reframe in a way of you know having clients that are still you know they are coming to therapy and they they're okay with the the 90 minute sessions but it's such a contrast to um some of the sort of the portrait that's painted of therapy of Mm -hmm. well it has to be only when i like can on my schedule and it has to fit within you know the confines of um my lunch break or right. something like that right. it's yes. like no this is gonna take yeah this is yeah. gonna take some time we need a more expansive definition <laughs> yes, of what exactly. we're doing here this yeah. isn't just a checkup you know <laughs> yeah. yeah but that was yeah. it was a really substantial shift for us just yeah. in our evolution and especially as we've started doing a lot more training it's almost kind of essential because you can't carry a, a traditional caseload right. in, in the normal sense so it was right. really yeah. important for us to get that piece of the puzzle yeah and i think greenwald's Greenwald is very helpful in the way of um, articulating some mm-hmm. of the journey of developing yeah. that kind of a practice. Well, and just telling you, like, even if there's a part of you that's wondering, like, would I ever want to do that? Taking his training and, and looking at everything that he talks about was very foundational for us because it let us know, is this even something we want to try? Right. right. What are the questions right. that we need to ask? It sounds crazy on the Yes. Front. Yeah. <laughs> what, what are the logistical things that go into it? What does it look like with insurance? Because insurance doesn't know what to do with this model yet. Um, and so even if there's a, a question in your mind of, do I want to try this? His training is really helpful in kind of getting all that figured out. And we do have a, a whole episode that we did. It's actually episode 19 yeah. where we go in depth on, um, what that model is and how to make those decisions. And then we recommend looking at, uh, Ricky's training as well. Cause it's really helpful. Yeah. And you can find his site, which he does basic trainings. He does other advanced trainings. There's a lot that they offer there, but it's, childtrauma.com mm-hmm. um, and you can get just more familiar with all of the therapists he has on his team it's not just him alone it's he works with a, a large team so yeah. I don't know him personally but just through that training and seeing all that they do he seems um, really like a critical piece to the field mm-hmm. and in the direction yeah. it's moving yeah so. yeah speaking of critical piece to the field this one is like super personal to me <laughs> but i think that you know there's a lot of listeners that will probably uh, have similar interests so dr irene siegel um is like my hero mm-hmm. um and her book is uh, the sacred path of the therapist and she um was absolutely i don't know revolutionary to me because her work, her PhD dissertation actually um, was the foundation of her book, and she goes into great detail and has done a lot of research on how to bring together spirituality, specifically around energetic attunement, in EMDR. And it is just 
beautiful work. It was a very expansive experience for me. Um, it was also a really funny story because I got really sick during her training and it was a little bit traumatic. <laughs> it's like literally sitting on the front row, like staring lovingly at my hero and then got deathly ill due to parasites mm-hmm. and oh. crawled out of that training. Like um, literally, literally crawled. That's not now, I get really dramatic when I get sick. It was pretty rough. <laughs> and that, that was, <laughs> that was at the, uh, the EMDR, the Emdria conference. Um, I was in a Atlanta. different group. Atlanta, yes. yeah. oh, and I get attacked. So Jen, help. Jen, help. I'm stuck. <laughs> and she's locked in her. <laughs> oh. It was real bad. I'm like, someone open this door. I know, yeah. <laughs> not, so not a good moment. Dramatic. It really was. Like, I don't I don't get sick very often, but I do it right when I do. Yeah, go real uh, Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> but, uh, so yeah, unfortunately, that story is uh, forever tied in my mind. Um, to Dr. Irene, but she, uh, besides that book, she has a lot of online trainings. Um, so I really recommend, uh, Google her. You will find her website and a whole bunch of resources. She has trainings for every level of, uh, therapist and even some that are client appropriate. So if you have clients that are interested in how to bring together their spirituality with your therapeutic work, um, she has a training called Awakening Your Light Body, Body which is just really fun. I didn't know about this Oh, one. no, it's cool. That's great. Yeah. yeah, so if you yourself or any of your clients lean in that general direction of being interested in energetic attunement and how it interacts the healing process, highly recommend literally anything by Dr. Irene Siegel. <laughs> um, she also does advanced consultation groups, and so you meet with a, a group of other therapists for several weeks in a row and just have beautiful long conversations about this integration process, so. Weren't you planning to go to a training of hers in Hawaii? I don't want to talk about okay, it. Okay, we're oh, not going there. <laughs> yes, yes. Yes. She also does immersive trainings yes. where you go to Hawaii, and we were scheduled to do that together, and then uh, COVID. So Ugh. I'm still in mourning over it, but holding Future. on to the belief that it will get rescheduled. It will. And I'm going. It will. <laughs> you are going. <laughs> will be there. I am going. I don't care what we have to cancel. I'm going. <laughs> So another name I wanted to bring to the table today is Philip Manfield, mm-hmm. and he is the creator of the Flash Technique. So I feel like we've probably briefly mentioned that in a few other episodes. Mm-hmm. We haven't gone in depth on it, but this is a very up-and-coming um, intervention or piece of EMDR mm-hmm. therapy that has really had some powerful results. And I've yeah. seen great things with my clients in it and heard some really amazing stories, but flash technique being, um, a special approach that really looks at how do we process and desensitize a target without feeling the disturbance mm-hmm. at all. Mm-hmm. So it's, this is a way to go after those really big targets that are just too intense to um, right. address through assessment and traditional processing while keeping the client very safe and um, engaged with something positive mm-hmm. for them. So mm-hmm. I won't go into all the details of it. I did get to take his training web-based and part of the training was actually experiencing it yourself. Mm-hmm. And so it was before COVID where we're doing everything remotely, but the training was web-based and he was leading every participant through the flash technique that you would do to yourself yeah. at home. Mm. It felt bizarre, but it was effective. Yeah. Mm. Um, and the target I had chosen was a scene from a movie. So he encouraged everyone to choose something very low that that was disturbing, but not super personal. Mm-hmm. So it was a scene from a movie that I had, 
had always stuck with me. That was just very, like very mm-hmm. traumatic Extremely. scene. Yeah. And I would think of it and just feel like a visceral mm-hmm. reaction to it. So, um, when we did that, it was, it was effective and I, I could go back and probably reaccess the image again. But when I generally think of that movie or that moment, it's not the same detail of that right. scene as right. what had stuck out before. Yeah. Um, so it was a cool training, mm-hmm. really, really neat technique mm-hmm. to be able to use. Um, and you can find more information about Philip at philipmanfield.com. And on that website, he gives more information about flash technique. You can sign up for the training. It's a one-day training, so it's not, and he does a lot of the, the webinar web-based, so it's not um, a huge, huge commitment. It's something that you can gain a great technique in a pretty short period of time mm-hmm. um, and get to hear all of that material directly from him. Yeah. And one thing about flash is that because it is so new, like within mm-hmm. the last couple of years, maybe three years at this point, um, it is changing a lot. So the the original version of Flash, which I was exposed to, it's very different now. Yes. So as they've done yes. the research and um, changed the protocol, for those of you that may have you know taken the training a couple of years ago, it's worthwhile to go back and see what they're doing now because they have made a lot of alterations to it that just uh, make it a little bit simpler, really focus in on the parts of Flash that seem to have the most impact. Um, and so it's worth uh, kind of circling back around to mm-hmm. even if you were introduced to it previously. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So some of the resources within EMDR um, can help the therapeutic journey, but specifically um, within Francine Shapiro's book, you know, she talks a lot about interweaves and, mm-hmm. and different things to do at stuck points and, and even just methods of getting into the processing, whether it be in the body or the way that the sensation actually uh, brings forth memories. And a couple of the um, interweaves that I've found really helpful that don't uh, often get um, cited in basic trainings or, or something like mm-hmm. that would be the, the float back technique mm-hmm. and then the two-handed interweave. Yeah. Um, these are uh, both from, uh, you, you can find them in Francine's book, but also their uh, protocols and uh, techniques that have been talked about elsewhere as mm-hmm. well. So the float back technique from Young, Young Zongwell, and Bahari. And then the two-handed interweave from Robin Shapiro. Mm-hmm. Um, those are all Googleable things. You can look <laughs> those up and, and find much more resources than just what Francine uh, has in her seminal mm-hmm. uh, EMDR textbook. So mm-hmm. um, EMDR is such a beautiful field in that way. So many creative minds have yeah. uh, done such beautiful work in the way of uh, developing interweaves and developing mm-hmm. Um, integrated protocols and things like that. So it's always uh, very interesting to see what's new in the research mm-hmm. on mm-hmm. ways to help clients process their... Yeah. And we memories. have episodes on both of those yeah. um, that you can dive deeper in. If you haven't listened to our previous episodes with the future template, we talk about what is the future template and then we have a few demonstrations of it and that's episode 34 and 35 so those are very recent and yeah I think- the float back episodes are 23 and 26 and then we did one uh you guys did one back mm-hmm. uh early at the beginning so yeah, uh, notice that early. on the two-handed interweave yeah. and that's episode uh 10. 10. Yeah. yeah and there's a demo with that one too yes mm-hmm. yeah a part one mm-hmm. and a part two yeah mm-hmm. yeah yeah i love the two-handed interweave i use it a lot 
Um, so another contributor that we have to talk about is Anna Gomez. Mm. Yeah. Um, and if I was to list all of the uh, variants on the protocol, all of the interweaves that she has created, created all the specific protocols that she's created, we would be here a long time. So instead, <laughs> I'll just tell you, know about Anna. <laughs> um, so the, the book that I usually recommend for people to, to start with is EMDR therapy and adjunct approaches with children. Um, in that book, she covers, uh, obviously specifically working with children in EMDR around issues of complex trauma, attachment and dissociation. And that book is full of specific suggestions on alterations to the protocol that she's created and found effective with kids, um, and specific interweaves that are useful for them, uh, ways of doing the standard protocol, the basic protocol, uh, that's really, uh, helpful to, to fit it in with the way that nervous systems of children process rather than uh, the adult version. She has so many trainings. Um, she's done some uh, big conferences and brought in a whole bunch of experts to train with her. So if kids are your thing, follow Anna yeah. um, because she ha is just constantly producing new material uh, to really guide us with EMDR and kids. She truly has so much out there that's not just in the form of like text and books, mm -hmm. but actual things to bring into session. One of the tools that yeah. she has I use most is the thought kit for kids. Yes. Yeah. And it's just this little box. It's nothing like extravagant, but it's, I'm like, oh, how did you think to do that? That's yes. so great. It, yeah. it makes it almost like a board game for mm -hmm. kids to rate their SED score and their mm -hmm. Vogue score. There's little characters and they can move places to show that. There's cards of negative cognitions and positive cognitions. Um, some of them have words and some of them, um, just have pictures. So it expresses mm -hmm. like a kid who's maybe not verbal or doesn't have, um, that language developed as much can still look at the picture and get the same feeling or sense yeah. from those beliefs. So she's mm -hmm. done an amazing job at, at giving tools to therapists who work with kids. Mm -hmm. And I'll be honest, I use this stuff with adults too, <laughs> all the We're time. We're not that different. Yes. Yeah. So the fact that it's <laughs> flashcards and yes. they can flip through, and yeah. um, even some of a lot of the material from her books, like you yeah. can make it so relatable to adults who yes. maybe um, are still stuck in a developmental right. part when they access their trauma, mm -hmm. and so it's necessary for us to use some more of these interventions that aren't reaching them at that adult level, but are reaching them at that stuck point mm -hmm. in their trauma processing. Well, and even if, you know, if you're working with an adult that is highly, you know, intelligent, cognitive, intellectual, all of that stuff, sometimes using more child-based approaches activates the other part of them mm -hmm. and they may not need it because they can't cognitively get it, but sometimes they need that help of really leaning into their right brain and yeah. more experiencing yeah. emotional self. And so finding ways of doing that, uh, sometimes that means that we bust out our tools for kids yes. and I have yet to find an adult that doesn't like to do uh, things like color or markers oh, or <laughs> yeah, for sure uh, me included so sometimes we use those uh, even if it doesn't seem like they need it in order to get it it can be really therapeutic mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. the other person who does a lot again kids but also adults is Joan Lovett yeah. and was I feel like that was one of our first advanced trainings we yes, took together after getting ago. trained. Yeah. Um, and there's not a funny story. There's a story to every training you go to, right? <laughs> yes, like, yes. She actually got so sick. I don't know if yes, you remember. I do this, remember that. 
like halfway, I think it was a three day training or two day. She got sick and was hospitalized yeah. and the facilitators <laughs> had to take her slides and, and finish like read the slides to us. Yes. It was terrible. So, so <laughs> awful. Luckily it was all therapists. So we were like deeply right. empathetic yes. and understanding. Yes. But she does a um, lot related to attachment, um, um, attachment work and, you can utilize this in so many ways. I have found it incredibly helpful in working in the system of like foster care and adoptions and looking at developing, how do we begin to develop secure attachments to kids and their their caregivers now, Mm -hmm. or even their previous caregivers that had a lot of rupture um, in those attachments and we're trying to redevelop healthier forms of attachment. So some incredible um, like adaptations to standard protocol that, get creative as far as, mm-hmm. um, oh, just the neat things like writing a narrative, a story with the kid, yeah. uh, that tells that, and then utilizing that with the bilateral yes. and having to help them process. The story back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I have lots of memories of that training. It was one of those, uh, trainings where you're sitting there going, oh, there's a whole lot more to this EMDR thing than I thought mm. there yes. was. It was a yeah. very expanding, expansive and exciting training. And I have a memory of uh she showed a video of herself doing therapy with a child and she was talking about how with kids they may connect with something in your office that you didn't anticipate it and how to really work with that (laughs) she had this lovely video of this child deeply relating to one of her house plants yes i remember remember that that. (laughs) and it was just the most beautiful thing and she and i you know observed just how well she she knew how to take what emdr is at its core and weave it into this really spontaneous moment that would have been just impossible to plan Mm -hmm. for Mm -hmm. um and yet here's this child you know gazing lovingly at this plant and talking about its shiny leaves and Mm. uh, how much it relates to the plant and here's the dead parts and i'm just like weeping in the back (laughs) and that was so good from Uh, taking a basic training where you learn you say this exact thing here's a script you do this script yeah and then going into this advanced training where she still maintained the integrity oh, yeah. of yes. the process, but in this really creative way yes. with you kids mean and adapted. You can be it. creative with EMDR. Oh. You can. What? <laughs> what? Bridger's feeling sarcastic today. Yeah. <laughs> I just have my script that I carry around all the time. Right. But to see yeah. her do that in a video and take and just that creativity and how do we adapt that while still maintaining the integrity yeah. of the process yeah. was beautiful. And I was really like, oh, was. I want to be able to do that. Someday. It was very, very <laughs> exciting. Yeah. It really, really, really neat. Was. She has since retired. Mm-hmm. So she's not practicing. I don't even know that there's, that she's training anymore. I'm not, I'm not sure if she has web base that she still puts out or not, right. but I was trying to look for some last night when I was preparing for this podcast episode and didn't find much. I, she had this nice little note on her website that says, I've, I've retired, retired and oh. very sweet. So um, hopefully she's Joan. enjoying that. She yes. does have a book, though. Yeah. Um, I think she's got a lot of different things out there. But one of the books she's most known for is Small Wonders, yeah. Healing Childhood Trauma with EMDR. Mm-hmm. So that would be a great starting place. And then you would could probably find uh, more if she does still have her trainings out there. Look for those. But it was a phenomenal training, very pivotal in my work with kids for mm-hmm. sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So there's a couple more. Um, and one that I would say this book was, I think it was the very first EMDR book that I ever bought post basic training. 
And you guys have heard me talk about it a lot because I do, and it would be ridiculous to not mention it here, which is Jim Nipe, EMDR Toolbox, Theory mm-hmm. and Treatment of Complex PTSD and Dissociation. Because one of my uh, most intimidating moments in the basic uh, training was when they said, you should not do this with clients who dissociate. And I thought about my caseload, and I thought, <laughs> well, we have work. a problem. I guess I can't use it. <laughs> yeah. Um, but what they, you know, what they went on to say is you need to get further training. You need Mm -hmm. to read about this. You really need to get guidance on how to get good at EMDR with this particular population. Um, and it was really that journey and that process that sort of, uh, catapulted me into specializing in dissociation and dissociative disorders and particularly DID. Um, because when I read Jim's book and he introduced concepts like Frazier's family table and he has several of his own in there that he talks about, it was like the most exciting thing in the world. Mm. And suddenly this population that traditionally we've kind of been intimidated by and uncertain of what to do with and, oh, you know, you, you don't want to have, and it's kind of like um, all those diagnoses that we get nervous about the minute you realize that it's going on, it's like, oh, can I refer? Um, <laughs> but, uh, that book and, uh, Jim has, you know, more, uh, things out there, but his book is the one that I would recommend first to go to. Um, and he has a lot of resources in there that you can kind of research after the fact. Um, but if that is a population for you, I greatly recommend starting with that book. If you want to get um, more equipped to work with complex presentations and dissociation. Hmm. Mm-hmm. One of the, you know, if you've done EMDR for any amount of time, you know that there's um, a pretty marked difference between um, sort of historical trauma or trauma that's that's in the client's life um, and been a part of their story and then something that recently happened. Mm-hmm. Um, processing is just different in those kinds of things. And uh, some of the great contributors that we lean on quite a bit is uh, Elon Shapiro and Barrett Laub. They uh, have a protocol called Recent Traumatic Event Protocol, Mm -hmm. and it's RTEP. And there's an episode on Notice That, episode 22, where uh, Melissa and Jen go in depth a little bit about what RTEP is and how to utilize it Mm -hmm. with clients. Mm -hmm. Um, So... Yeah, it's an important tool to have. Yeah, Yeah. for recent events. Well, and we had a couple of listeners, well, one in particular, who had heard that and was we're really grateful for them reaching out and kind of sharing a comment, just encouraging us to share more about that being an actual training that could Mm -hmm. be taken. It's a Mm -hmm. two-day training. There's a formal protocol on there. And just kind of inspired us to really consider this episode at looking at how do we give the acknowledgement to all of the people who have paved the road for years and they're doing the research because all of these things that we've listed you know it's not somebody just writing it because they think it sounds neat they're taking the time to really research it and develop it um, through that process and we get the end result and you know can benefit by it Um, So we just want to acknowledge how much time, effort, and dedication goes into, you know, a lot of these are PhD dissertations, and that's a heck ton of work. (laughs) (laughs) So deep respect to everybody that's out there, you know, doing that for us so that the whole field can benefit. And we're really going to, on our end, button up our practices of getting those like references and citations out there for all of you who want to know more about who these people are and where to find them where to get these trainings and books. Um, So go back and look at, if you're interested in those old show notes, and we'll have that updated Mm -hmm. with references and a lot more information on there. 
Well, and I think, you know, one thing that um, is super helpful is if we're interacting either with a client or somebody in the community and we're educating them about what EMDR is and what it can do, we need to know where that research is. And the fact that this isn't just some crazy therapist having an idea, like, no, 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 we, the EMDR is very dedicated to good research. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's there. And so we want to be kind of standing on the shoulders of all of that work that has been done. And Mm -hmm. we certainly do and feel a tremendous amount of gratitude for, for everybody that has given us all of this so Mm. which i think that will lead us into an upcoming episode on the research of the mechanism Mm -hmm. of action of what bilateral stimulation does and that was another request we had someone write in asking for um, us to go into the research on that that there is research about it so i'm like bridger (laughs) to really dive in and share the science behind it because it's newer in the field like we come from a place of saying we don't really know why it works yeah but we're learning why right we're seeing it now um in my doctoral program now even emdr amongst these clinicians that have been doing it a long time Mm -hmm. that have been doing therapy a long time emdr is still kind of revered as this like really powerful but yeah. mysterious yes. like yes. they're like oh you're trained in emdr what what so what is that <laughs> yeah. i refer out for emdr right. because i know that it's powerful but what is it and so yeah. just even getting to go through the ins and outs of what bilateral does yeah. in uh the integrating the brain yes right yes exactly yeah, yeah. yeah so i'm and the research that supports it yeah do you guys want to do that episode today yeah <laughs> you're ready to go right now. actually this is going to be a really long that? episode yeah. exactly talking just yeah, kidding exactly. well i want to say thank you to the listeners who will reach out to us whether yeah. it's to say hey you missed this you should do more mm. of this or yeah. don't mm. forget about this or to even ask questions yeah. we or really to appreciate educate that. us about who actually created these things like yeah. sometimes you know they're just written into the protocol but somebody like wrote Lightstream and they wrote this portion of it. Floatback. That wasn't yeah. just part of EMDR. Yeah, like no, that was yeah, like right. somebody created that separately and because of the research it was included in the in the initial protocol. So um, yeah, if you guys know about things that we don't know about, please let us know. Because as much as we like research, we really miss things sometimes. So there's a lot out there. <laughs> there, there is so yeah. much yeah. out Only there. Three humans. Yeah. So speaking of how much we nerd out and like science. Um, we, we have been in the middle of, and now just coming to the end of, uh, creating a brand new training that we are really excited about. Bridger and I are like two days away from doing the first training, um, of this. It is a trauma informed care training and it is for therapists. Yes, of course, but we created it in a way that it is really applicable to, yeah, to really anybody that is in a helping profession. Mm -hmm. This last batch of people, we had case managers, administrators, therapists, equine therapists, equine specialists. That was cool, by the way, to have horse people. Um, (laughs) People who identify, I'm a horse person. I'm a horse person. Like they self-identify. It's like, like, okay, that tells me a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Are you a Um, horse person? Yeah. But this training is all about helping um, helpers of any kind understand from a nervous system research-based perspective Mm -hmm. how to have interactions that are trauma-informed and nervous system informed. Mm-hmm. It's a and healing. Day, yeah, and healing in the, the interaction itself. How do we, you know, one of the sections that we talk about is how do we make any and every interaction trauma informed? Yes. Um, and so over those three days, we go through the theory, the science, the research, and then the practical application and help people look at 
how in their particular role in the agency, in the setting that they're in, do they apply this research and this information so that they are um, promoting safety and healing for whomever they're interacting with. So it's a beautiful training. We had so much fun doing yeah, it. Yeah, and it's very experiential, yes. which I loved as well. Yes. There are elements where you know we're uh, doing demonstrations, talking about stories, yes. um, even uh, getting some participation from the... Um, the listeners as well. Um, and one of the big feedbacks that we got was that this should be everywhere. Right. Like in, in all aspects of services. (laughs) Yeah. And that's what we were like. "Uh Right. Right. Thank you. Uh, Yeah. There there was a person in the training that, uh, he, he's a case manager, but specializes in like physical education for kids. He's like, could there be a trauma informed physical education? Could that be a thing? Yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. That is the coolest idea ever. I can't write it because uh, yeah, but somebody should. That's right. Yes. (laughs) Um, so anyway, this, this is a three day training that is now available for everybody. Um, so go to our website and you can have a look at what we're offering and the different ways that we offer it. We can do it in person. We're in the middle of creating a online version. So it could also be a webinar for an individual or a group. Um, so go to beyondhealingcenter.com and look at the training section and send us an email and schedule your agency for us to come. And we can all hang out for three days and talk about trauma informed care and the nervous system and how to change the world. Amen. Amen. That's right. That's right. (laughs) All right, guys. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll talk to you next episode. Thanks for listening to Notice That, an EMDR podcast. We hope something you've heard today will help you help your clients. Find our latest episode and more on our Facebook page or on our website, emdr-podcast.com. And don't forget to add us to your RSS feed or follow us on iTunes, Spotify, or Stitcher so that you don't miss an episode. Please email questions and comments to notice that at emdr-podcast.com. From all of us here at Notice That, see you next time.